your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Gunn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow my co-host, Cammy at G. You can follow the show, LO underscore Longhorns. Just a reminder that this episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get $10 off your first purchase. Cammy, we are now 89 days away, allegedly, from kickoff. I can't wait. It's slowly creeping up. It is slowly creeping up. And, and we're going to get into some football talk today. Obviously, there is talk of a potential transfer wide receiver. Yes, big news. Uh, Sporting News put out their summer bowl predictions. We're going to get into those projections. Shamar Turner's listed as top five. And what is this about ESPN's everyone available draft? We're going to get into all that, but first we're going to get into the big news of the day. Yesterday, Mike Roach, Sunday evening, uh, put out a story about Tyrell Shavers, a six-foot-six wide receiver at the University of Alabama. He entered the transfer portal on June the 2nd, and now he's being linked to Mississippi State and the University of Texas. Yeah, that would be obviously huge. I know um, you've been mentioning Trey Black and uh, that transfer that the Longhorns recently mm-hmm. added. He's going to be fighting for playing time uh, pretty much right off the bat. Um, so I think in terms of uh, potential suitors for him, um, Austin seems like the best bet just because he is from Texas. And um, I think it's probably one of the biggest programs that um, he could probably come in right away and compete for playing time for. I'd assume that's what he wanted since he already graduated. And uh, obviously he's kind of unproven. He hasn't really gotten a chance to uh, get any playing time, but I think Texas would honestly be the best fit for him. Yeah. He got some playing time on special teams, things of that nature. He only has one catch Mm -hmm. of 20 yards, but like you said, Texas product, he, uh, out of the 2017 class, he was the number 12 wide receiver in the nation. He was the 11th overall ranked prospect in the state of Texas. Um, I know TCU is also looking at him, but obviously I think Texas is his best option given the circumstances at, you know, at Alabama, he was behind, you know, Jerry Judy. He was behind Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. I mean, they have so much talent at the wide receiver position at Alabama and he never really got a fair shot. And, you know, it's, not anything that he could have done. I mean, he was highly touted four-star prospect. I think he was a hundred or 116th nationally, something like that. But, uh, you know, it, nothing that he could have done, right, because of the talent that was a, that was ahead of him. Uh, but in Texas, there's not that level of talent ahead of you. Yeah, and there's just so many question marks surrounding that position group as a whole. I think otherwise, uh, other than slot receiver with Jake Smith and uh, Jordan Whittington, I think that's probably their strongest point in that room. But, yeah, I think uh, just like Drake Black, if he were to choose Texas, he could come in and uh, compete for a starting role right away. Yeah, I think, you know, Tyreek uh, Tariq Black on one side probably. The other side we always talked about was Brennan Eagles. Uh, obviously, that's a question mark right now. Uh, so, and we'll get into that here in just a second, but you know, if, if he was to come in, obviously he brings the size that they lost with Colin Johnson. I mean, he's six foot six, but this guy's fast. I mean, he runs, uh, they said, I saw reports of a four, three, 
40 speed. I've heard reports of practice running a 4-2. So obviously, not only does he have that seat, that speed, that long stride or that height, he has that long stride. He has the speed. Uh, and he would give Texas a, a real legitimate deep threat option uh, to go right. along with, with Jordan mm-hmm. and Jake, you know, underneath. And uh, we'll see what Tariq Black has. Uh, you know, it would be great if they had Brennan Eagles, but obviously, uh, if if you've been under a rock or whatever, uh, Brandon Eagles uh, tweeted out that he's not going to play a snap uh, with everything that's going on right now. Uh, and, and, you know, there's there's some hope that once he gets back on campus, school gets going, uh, football practice starts up again, that that won't be the case. Uh, but, you know, as, as of right now, you, ha- you have to take the man at his word that he's not going to yeah. play football. I agree. And, and I do. Um, I did notice that the coach and staff and everything like that were actually a bit shocked um, that he came out and said that because it kind of wasn't mentioned on their Zoom team meeting and things like that. And uh, they are all trying to work together to come uh, towards uh, something they can do to, I guess, honor and encourage and speak up for uh, what they feel and believe in. But I I do think now that um, he's going to be coming back to campus and living with Sam Ellinger and things like that, that um, they're probably going to uh, create a stronger bond and he'll kind of develop because he really um, is going to be put under a lot of pressure coming into this season. Obviously, um, us and many others expect a lot out of him to be um, a starting receiver at Texas. So I don't. I do think that uh, he'll be playing. I just don't know um, how the team as a whole is going to go about that. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy who was the leading receiver uh, of the guys returning, right? Um, you know, so obviously he's he for a young group he has the most experience, and you know that's that's you know a big part of it. And I don't want to take away with what he's doing and what he's saying because obviously uh, he believes so strongly in this, and you know I I'll, I'll just be honest, I 100 percent you know support him mm-hmm. on his decision and what he's doing. I think I think his head's in the right place. Uh, yeah, and, and I know Tom Herman supports him too, so that's where it gets a little um, tricky in terms of playing time and things like that with everything going on. But um, I guess it's kind of fluid right now in terms of how they're expecting or planning to uh, handle and honor that. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Tom Herman has been one of the more vocal coaches about this whole mm-hmm. situation. He's been awesome. Uh, yeah, he's been fantastic. I know recently uh, Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods had wrote, an article about uh and they didn't say who it was but a national tv station wanted to do an interview with tom herman about you know his stance and uh, he said oh i want one of my players to be with me so maybe brennan eagles maybe caden stearns you know who's been Mm -hmm. vocal about it as well and they said no so tom said no interview you know so (laughs) you know i I just think it's great that what he's doing and, and standing up and obviously they had to march to the capitol and they're doing a lot of things that are to help promote, but you know, it's, it's got to go beyond that. Right. There's got to be, right. action, there's got to be conversation. And I just love what, what the team is doing and the school has rallied around these guys, giving them a platform, you know? Um, so, I, you know, I think it's great, but uh, coming up next, we're going to get into those bold projections from the sporting news. But first I want to tell you about our friends over at built bar built bars, changing the game in the energy bars. It's really it's a healthy candy bar. It tastes great. I love the flavors. Uh, this morning I had I had one of their new flavors, the coconut. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, gave me my energy, my post-workout energy. So 
I absolutely love it. There's no chalky taste. There's no aftertaste. You know, there's you don't have to wash it down. We're talking 100 calories, seven times less sugar, seven times less carbs than the main competitors. Head over to BillBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Try it out. Let me know what you think. Don't just take my word for it. Try it out. They're going to give you $10 off, so it's really a win-win for you. So check it out. BillBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Eighty-nine days until college football kicks off, Cammy. We're getting there. And then we're gonna get into, you know, all the different articles coming out about who's projected to play in this ball, that ball. Let's talk about the Big Twelve Bowls. Okay. The Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. They have Baylor versus Mississippi State and a guy who's very familiar with the Big Twelve, Mike Leach. Yeah, I, that would be an entertaining, I would say, uh, Big 12 ball game to watch. So that that kind of seems realistic to me. Well, what's funny about that, um, Dave Aranda, who is now the head coach at Baylor, mm-hmm. was actually on staff at Texas Tech. And I want to say he was under Mike Leach at one time. Oh, cool. So it would be an interesting – it, it might have been Cliff Kingsbury. I, I can't recall, but uh, I do know that he used to be on the Tech staff. So you have two former Tech staffers mm-hmm. going at it. The next up is the Cheez-It Bowl. You got TCU and Florida State. That'd be a nice bowl to watch. I feel like they, um, yeah, they might end up along maybe like four or five losses each. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not one of the top-tier bowls. You're talking about yeah. the mid-tier bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU, obviously they have their own questions. Florida State, oh, boy, they got a lot of questions right now with Mike Norvell and, and that team. and and. They've got to get some quality quarterback play, which, you know, typically when they do have good quarterbacks, they seem to go to the state of Texas to find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valero Alamo Bowl. Most recently, we've seen USC projected in the Valero Alamo Bowl against Texas. Yeah, and for this particular one that you're mentioning, um, I'm glad to see that they're predicting Oklahoma State versus USC because um, I don't necessarily want Texas to go back to the Alamo Bowl. I think um, that would just kind of be a blah uh, ending to their season. But um, Oklahoma State is definitely, yeah, kind of. But Oklahoma State uh, fitting right there is uh, pretty realistic because I think Oklahoma State probably should finish around um, a third or so in the Big 12 right behind Texas and Oklahoma. So uh, that's also realistic, I think, in terms of projections. Yeah, with – and when I looked at that and, and I saw the Oklahoma State there, I said, okay, so they're – so based on sporting news, they're expecting Texas to be higher in the rankings or higher in the standings. Right. And obviously that that final game of the season, Texas versus Oklahoma State, is going to be extremely crucial. So um, that's going to determine, obviously, uh, the outcome of the – or I guess the projections of the Alamo Bowl as well. But – uh, yeah, it's going to be – it's definitely going to be tough between Oklahoma State, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, and Iowa State in terms of the Big 12. So then we get into the New Year's Six Bowl games, which involves mm-hmm. the Texas Longhorns. According to Bill Bender of the Sporting News, he has Texas playing an opponent that they've never played before, the Boise State Broncos. That's interesting to me. Do you think Boise State is going to be that solid this season? I mean, they're they're a team that seems to be up there each and every year. I mean, 
you had a team like Memphis playing in it a year ago. So yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, this would be the first time that Texas would play in the Cotton Bowl Classic since 2003 when they beat LSU 35-20. to 20. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer that, obviously, over the Alamo Bowl again. But um, like I mentioned, it just depends on how Texas can uh, – I guess, finish in the Big 12. Hopefully, uh, like we always mention, it's kind of a disappointment if they don't make the Big 12 championship game this year. So obviously that's going to determine what bowl game they fall into or if they go right into the college football playoffs, which would be even better. Right. So the the Cotton Bowl has a, you know, Texas has a, a long history with Cotton Bowl, obviously, but their first ever bowl game was at the Cotton Bowl in 1943 when they beat Georgia Tech 14-7. to That was under head coach Dana Bible. Interesting. Long time ago. It was a long time ago. And the remaining bowl game shows the Oklahoma Sooners making the college football playoffs to appear in the Rose Bowl. Projections show them getting bounced by Ohio State to go on to play Clemson in the national championship. That seems like what everyone projects and expects, I guess. Uh, if Oklahoma does make the college football playoffs, they typically uh, lose right when they get there. So, I don't know. Like I mentioned, it's going to be a tough race in terms of the Big 12. You know, it's funny because I saw this uh, I saw this on Twitter the other day, and I, I can't recall who tweeted it, but they put death taxes, Oklahoma quarterback winning the Heisman, Sooners get bounced in the college football playoffs. Yeah. That like, seems wow. to be the uh, way things have been going. It does seem to be the way things have been going. And hopefully, hopefully we can bounce Oklahoma before they even get to the playoff. Right. Okay. Coming up next, we're going to into a top five uh, announcement by a current recruit in ESPN's Everybody Available Draft and just how bad it is. All right, Cammy. So recently, you put together a top five article on Longhorns Wire from Shamar Turner. Yes, and so Texas is actually inching towards landing another uh, highly sought-after defensive end prospect. What intrigued me the most about him um, was how impressive his list list of offers was he had offers uh, dozens by the way from Alabama Georgia LSU Texas A&M Florida Florida State Oklahoma TCU Auburn and uh, several others but that's just a few and so obviously that's not easy to narrow down a list uh, that impressive but he did his five remaining programs um, that he's interested in are Alabama Texas Georgia LSU and Texas A&M so um, that would be I guess since the Longhorns have already landed two four-star uh, defensive linemen in the 2021 recruiting class, and on top of that, they have five-star uh, Jatavian Sanders, who expected to play defensive end, and that's not including five-star defensive end Alfred Collins from the 2020 recruiting class. So if they can add Turner, another four-star prospect, on the defensive line in the 2021 class, that would obviously be uh, huge for them, and uh, maybe Texas's defense will finally be relevant again. Yeah, that's that's a big thing right now is uh, Texas defense is 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 lacking, uh, to put it, you know, in the very least, yeah. lacking. Uh, they can't but, get after the quarterback. It, yeah, and that and that's why Joseph Asai is moving to the jack position where he's going to be able to get at the quarterback a lot more. We saw it in the Valero Alamo Bowl and what he was able to do to Huntley three sacks in that game. 
uh, to give him five on the season. But talk about Turner. Uh, if you look at 24-7 boards, he's the 67th-ranked player nationally on their board. He's sixth-ranked, strong side defensive end, uh, and he's also 10th in the state of Texas. Composite has him 10th at strong side defensive end and 19th in Texas, depending on you know which board you want to use. But that's huge. You know, it's interesting mm-hmm. that Texas being the only non-SEC school on his list. Yeah, I did notice that. And um, I was a little surprised to see Texas A&M up there in the top five. But um, that's just considering some of the other programs who are high on him and offered him and things like that. But uh, who knows? Hopefully Texas can pull this one out. Yeah, you know, when Oscar Giles gets involved, uh, I like our chances. Right. He, he seems to be a guy who can really, you know, get, you know, work with these guys and obviously if Brian Carrington gets involved he's really good recruiter as well um so you know he's a he's definitely a guy who I think could very much be a Texas Longhorn in the near future but Cammy ESPN came out with their everyone available draft and oh boy yeah I'm curious to hear about some of this I didn't really get to dig it dig too much into it so ESPN did a draft assuming every NFL player was available to be picked and I looked at round one, and this was funny. Mm-hmm. They had the Houston Texans drafting DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> with the 26th pick, which is just comical to me because they traded him. Yeah, that was – I'm sure they did that for uh, that kind of hilarious aspect. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously we all know he's worth a first-round pick. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went number one overall. Ooh, yeah. Who, who, who did he go to? Cincinnati. Um, they use the same draft order of this previous. Oh, NFL. okay, cool. Uh, well, yeah, that's a no-brainer. There was only one Texas Longhorn that I saw in four rounds. Earl Thomas. No. Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker with the 99th pick overall. Let me just give you some of the Holy names. Holy crap! They, let me give you some of the names of who he was picked over. Okay. Stefan Diggs. Wow, a kicker? Demarcus Lawrence. Oh, my gosh. Tyron Matthew. Yeah, that's uh, significant, but, I mean, he is probably the best kicker in the league, so. I mean, he is the best kicker. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Okuda. Mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs. Jeez. Zach Martin. Ooh, that's yeah, interesting. How would you yeah. take a kicker over Zach Martin? I, I know it was Green Bay took him at the 99th pick overall. Wow, I was I was surprised by that. I was like, you know, I expected to see an Earl Thomas in there somewhere. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, they they didn't, and they, so I was looking at it like, well, are you, are you kidding? Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. I wonder, did you get to see by any chance if uh, some of the newbies in the NFL were drafted in that one? They like, they weren't uh, Duvernay or anything. Huh, I didn't see uh, – they weren't, no. Uh, I didn't see DuVernay. I didn't see uh, Brandon Jones anywhere in there. I didn't see Colin Johnson. Um, I did see some newbies in there. Uh, like C.D. Lamb, was he in uh, there? Yeah, he was in there in the third round. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, there was that was some of the things on the ESPN's Everyone Available draft. Uh, also, quick note, uh, the CBS came out with a new mock draft. Mm-hmm. Samuel Cosme going ninth overall to the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, top 10 prospect. It's been a while since uh, Texas has pushed out one of those. But, um, yeah, I think he's a for sure bet first rounder. I just don't know it in terms of exactly uh, 
whether he'll be a middle round pick, a top 10, whatever. But yeah, that's huge. Uh, who was, I'm trying to think, who was the last top 10 pick? Was that, was that Earl? Um, Maybe that's too high for Earl. The, the last few, I'm just thinking of first rounders in general have all been on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Malcolm Brown, right? Then you go to the Patriots, and then there was also Kenny Vaccaro a few years before that. It's been a while, uh, though. Yeah, it has been a while. I know there was um, – yeah, I know Malcolm was the last one mm-hmm. taken in the first round. But I was trying to think top ten. And, you know, obviously – It might have been Earl, though. It might have been him. I, know I don't remember was, where he was picked, but he was probably uh, the highest draft – I guess most recent and highest draft pick Texas has pushed out probably. Uh, yeah, not probably not since um, – Cedric Benson was fourth mm-hmm. overall. I don't think that they've had anything, you know, higher than that. Yeah. Oh, In- interesting. Cosme could be the one if he stays healthy and um, continues playing how he has been, I guess. That just always worries me when um, you still got a season ahead of you and you're predicted to be this top 10 pick. You got to stay healthy and consistent and um, just as dominant. So that's not an easy task. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because, obviously, you talk about Cosme uh, being up there. You talk about Caden Stearns. Joseph Asai is going to be up there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, where maybe where could Derek Kerstetter be, you know, given if he right. has a really good season, um, you know, he could be the top center in, in the Big 12, obviously. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Creed Humphrey uh, of Oklahoma is going to, you know, be the top guy until he can get unseated. Maybe Derek Kerstetter who's been the right tackle, moves over to center and plays very well. Uh, you know, so there's some guys there. Obviously, you got Sam Ellinger. And, and, you know, there could be a guy that steps up that you just don't see coming because, obviously, I mean, it seems like each and every year we have that, right? Uh, right. Did, did, did anybody see Joe Burrow's ascension last year, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really was talking about him as a, a bona fide top pick. Uh, until he had the season that he did. So, you know, those things are are there. Uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorn podcast. Uh, For Cammie, I'm Patrick. We will see you on Wednesday. Hook them.